Welcome back to the Curiously Guided Podcast, the place for intuitive business owners. We're your hosts, Mariah and Che, and today we're talking all about blending strategy and energetics in order to build a sustainable business. So if you guys know anything about me, Mariah, personally, you know that I literally can't shut the fuck up about this. So <laughs> when I got connected with Pre, which was through Instagram, literally super randomly. Um, one of the people that I was connected to, he ended up posting something about Pre, and I knew about her from the online space because she is an SEO strategist as well. So it's like, we've kind of stalked each other. We kind of knew about each other, but we really never connected. But what really made me reach out to her was she deleted all of her old Instagram posts and like made an announcement that she was starting from scratch. And in that little blurb, she talked about starting to integrate human design into her business. And like, I'm fucking obsessed with human design. So I literally reached out and was like, yo, we need to talk about this because I knew that like she built her business initially from strategy, from the logic mind, which is something that me and Shay talk about quite a lot on the podcast. And the fact that she's kind of integrating data with energetics and discernment, like we, we've really realized, especially even after this conversation, that those are the key ingredients to running a sustainable online business. And like, we really just explored that in this episode. And we also talked about measurement marketing, which is what Pre is now offering and moving forward with. And she explains like what that is and, and why it's so important in the online space, because it's actually a big gap that a lot of us in the online space aren't really taking advantage of, but a lot of corporate people are already like have their hands deep into that bucket. And so she's really moving forward, trying to bring the awareness of measurement marketing into the online space. So we dive into that in this episode. And we also talk about Google Analytics 4. Okay. So I do want to mention, we talk about um, Google is transitioning from Universal Analytics, which is the old version of Google Analytics, into a new version of Google Analytics, which is called GA4. So if you are tracking data with Universal Analytics, then you're going to have to set up a GA4 account because as of July 2023, that old Universal Analytics dashboard base is not going to be collecting data anymore. So I have been telling my clients and have been helping them set up the Google Analytics for account property, whatever you want to call it. If you're like, okay, that sounds super confusing. Totally no worries. I'm going to link a YouTube video that I created in the show notes below. It walks you through the entire process of creating a GA4 property from your universal analytics property that you already have. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's basically what I wanted to mention here. Um, and then, yeah, like another part of this episode that I loved was like integrating human design charts into our business and our marketing. Like, I feel like we could have a full episode on that. Yeah. Yeah. Mariah just kind of talked about what makes this episode really cool is we're all, we've all walked the same journey of we're all pretty quote unquote, smart women who've built quote unquote, successful businesses uh, that we ended up not liking, right? Because they were a bit too heady, a bit too like, 
uh, logic based. And so we start, we definitely do some data, we dive into our nerdiness. Um, but then all of us have found like healing and more success in business by starting to open the door more to like, a, I wrote a, a, a brain-based business versus like a brain and body-based business, right? And so um, I really feel like we could have talked to Pri forever because she really gets this idea of, yeah, there's a million ways to make money online and yeah, you could do any of it, but <laughs> what's going to help you sleep at night and like, what's going to be fulfilling for you and, and what is really like your we, one thing that I thought was cool about Pri is just like, um, she is a supplement to me. She called herself a finisher. Like I'm a pro at finishing things. And for me, someone who's like a pro at starting things, it's almost this peace of mind to know that there's all these like other pieces of the puzzle out there and that you can find people that supplement what you do and what you're good at. And, and, you know, I think her and Mariah's relationship is cool. And it's one thing we talk about yeah, we all say community over competition, but I don't often see that very much embodied in this space. And so even though both Pri and Mariah are technically SEO, they've even like gotten to know each other and realized that their, their skills kind of complement each other and they can even work together. And, and it's helped this incredible rich relationship form. So we talk about the importance of like having peers and community that you can grow with in this space. And I love that. I love that we went to the human design piece and Mariah continues to grow my mind and her mind about our human design charts and how that can help us be better business owners. So we really have our hand in a lot of buckets here. We're going from like data logic over to human design to like community and healing. And it all kind of comes together in a beautiful bow at the end. And then um, Pre kind of blew all of our minds with this amazing mic drop moment at the end. Um, she brought up something that Mariah and I really feel passionate about, which is all, there's a lot of gaslighting, a lot of virtue signaling going on in the online space. And um, we kind of get into it a little bit there at the end. And it's a, perhaps a little controversial. And I'm hoping that we can maybe make a whole episode about that. But um, definitely stick around to the end on this one as well, because there's just the way it all comes together really blew my mind. And I'm excited for round two with Pre. So here's a little about Pre. She's an award-winning SEO strategist and measurement marketer. She uses her 13 plus years of experience to take the guesswork out of marketing so her clients can be confident and certain in making smarter business decisions. Her mission is to help more women become financially independent so they can stand in their power and walk away from any situation that isn't serving them. And with that incredible bio, let's jump right into the episode. Free. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm super stoked to dive into this conversation and kind of just like see where it goes. So me and Pre connected over Instagram a few weeks ago, and we've been voxing back and forth, chatting all about data, SEO, human design, intuitive marketing, basically as our listeners know everything we love talking about on the podcast. So after chatting a little bit back and forth, I knew that I had to have her on the podcast. So Pri, I guess where we get started with this is like, did you start more on the energetic side and then weave in strategy? Did you start more on the strategic side and then start exploring the energetic side? Like, how did all of this come into play for you? I came straight in from the strategy side. Yeah. So that like hard masculine energy. I've spent years burning myself out. Like do, do, do constantly top of my game. 
and I just kept burning myself out like it's hard to explain I was in the corporate world so I guess a bit of background with my kind of SEO journey was um I was working for a small events company as the 2008 financial crisis hit Europe and we just could not get any traction and it's this story is so embarrassing but I love saying it the owner had like he basically got his friends and family to come into the office the day we launched the business because he was convinced that we were going to be rampacked and there were zero phone calls there were zero emails no one knew that we existed because in his, this was before social media right so he was thinking like his word of mouth uh, marketing was going to work and it didn't but um yeah I was marketing this business for like six months nothing worked then the web designer was like hey check out SEO got started in that I did probably about seven years of working with small businesses and then I just felt this massive imposter syndrome where I was like I'm self-taught am I actually any good so I decided to go work with the big boys go in the corporate world and that is where I excelled like me as my brain thrives under pressure loves all that kind of like throw hey I'm a manifesting generator so I love like 10 projects at a time like more projects I'm like yes yes my sacral wants this right I've also got a defined route for anyone that knows HD so like I'm all in the pressure but my nervous system just couldn't hack it and I probably spent about three or four years just getting progressively sicker and getting really ill and I, I was putting weight on and having period problems and to be honest, it really took the pandemic for me to be like, yeah, this is shit. And I'm gonna get really, really ill to the point that I won't be able to leave my bed soon unless I do something about it. And that was like most people, I feel like over the pandemic, I started to see like angel numbers and like things just kept happening. I would see like angel feathers and like, you know, just a lot of stuff. And I really feel like that was my awakening. And so, since then, it's it's really been less strategy for my business in particular and more about energetic. So, yeah, it's it's kind of flipped his head. So can I, I want to ask a question because this is something that I've had a lot in my entrepreneurship journey. I also built the business I thought I should, my, my story also, I'm coming from the very like, I'm a smart girl. That's always been the value I create to the world. And I, I work well, logic first, I'm a data person. Yeah. I So that was, of course, the first business I built. And, and yes, I was good at it, but I still ended up hating it at the end of the day. And that's been my question is like, okay, just because I can do something and I'm good at something, is it still worthy of building, you know? And that's really the muscle I'm trying to build right now, that real discernment. So I, I think it's one thing you mentioned about, you kind of came up working with small businesses. I have also had that story I tell myself of, oh, if I want to work with bigger businesses, I need to go corporate first, and then I can work with bigger businesses, then I can go back out on my own, and that will be the ticket for me working with bigger businesses. Is yeah. that is that what you were talking about, A, did I misunderstand you, and B, is that true? What was your experience with that? Do you know, I think it, for me, it was just because I was completely self-taught, like a lot of us. Yeah, here. that was me too. I was like, I made this up. I need someone to like prove that yep. this is okay. Yep. <laughs> me too. I'm like, oh shit, I don't know what I don't know. So like yeah. how much shit do I really not know? Yeah. And the thing is, especially with SEO, it's such a guy's world. 
you know is it ever <laughs> yeah and the thing is like for me it was more the case of like I'm actually doing this right like it's really easy to do things with small businesses once you figure out the basics and so for me it was like am I really like a proper SEO like kind yeah, of like am am I missing something am I missing this big strategy that the big guys have exactly and like can I really cut it can I really call myself an SEO if I haven't had any like formal training which we know there's no real formal training um but you know it's one of those things where it there was just this huge imposter syndrome where it was like this is too easy and I have that problem all the time I still have that problem I'm like um (laughs) am I missing something for this client and then I'm like no I'm not I struggle in my business so much because I'm like this is too easy I must be doing something wrong yeah and that's where the self-doubt comes in right and it's really hard to manage um you know was it worth going to the corporate world yeah 100 percent I learned so much um I yeah I, I would say like I've probably got to the point now where I know way too much to help even the bigger businesses outside of corporate Mm -hmm. so now I have to like pull back because I'm like I can give you this you know that my last corporate role like in-house um I was in charge of like 53 million pound budget that was how much revenue I had to bring in and I hit that every year so it's like now to kind of scale back and work for like businesses trying to hit you know six figures or that holy grail seven figures I have to remember like okay just because I can do it doesn't mean I could which is what you're saying right it's like just because I have the knowledge now doesn't mean I should do it yes and it's like tailor your offer to the people you want to serve just because you can give all the bells and whistles doesn't mean it's appropriate or necessary for them right that's something that I um, certainly struggle with but I really like the point you made there I think is interesting and it's something I've noticed in myself and with Mariah and now I'm hearing it with you is usually what I'm finding is when things are fun and easy for me that's usually like the the juice like that's my zone of genius that's where I'm like lit up I'm you know in that kind of like creative space you know I'm doing what I'm here to do and and it's funny though because a lot of us refuse to really lean into that and whatever you want to do with it whether that's like your art or your business or whatever because it's too it feels too easy and I think we all have this program running of it can only be valuable if it's very hard. And so I have been working personally of how do I untangle that story? Because I find myself like, oh, that feels too easy. Like, I couldn't charge, in charging for things that feel easy is like something to really, it's hard. Charging to- a decent amount yes. for something that feels easy because it's like, what do you yeah. mean? This shit's so easy. Yes, exactly. Yes. And it's hard to even see for me, this is why I've loved my relationship with Mariah and it's been so healing. She's always reflecting back to me like, oh, you're good at this. Oh, you're so good at this. Oh, you help me here. And that's yeah. why I've loved human design because it's helped me like what I can't see it about myself. Like it comes easy. So I'm not sure that it doesn't come easy for others. So having people reflect back to me and really pay attention and then lean in, have the courage to lean into that has been the journey for me lately. So this conversation is really cool. Thank you, Pri. I'm excited to um, hop in even more. So you said something about you've built the SEO business and then you went corporate and now you're back doing something kind of cool. Tell us a bit about where you're at right now. Yeah. So I'm doing this thing called measurement marketing, which actually doesn't exist in the online space. Um, 
there's probably a number of reasons why I just I think obviously online the online business space in, in terms of what we do obviously there's different aspects of online business but the field that we are in um is a lot more behind than you know medium medium-sized businesses right or corporate um measurement marketing essentially is the missing piece to a marketing strategy so we spend so much time on like I need a marketing plan I need a social media plan I need to repurpose my content and all that jazz and that's great but then what happens after you posted the content or the blog post or the podcast or you did that partnership that podcast whatever it is that you've done and that's really where I come in because it's like great you've done your strategy you've done all the implementation but now you need to have a look at what the outcome of that was yeah did that work and yeah so you can then decide whether you pivot or not and there is just so much shit around with marketing I mean we're, we're all within the field right we all understand like there's just so much noise and people look outwards so much and I've done it right it's like you know you want to hit that next sales figure or whatever that is whether it's a 10k month or like hit six figures or whatever and it's always just going outwards it's always like who's the latest coach who's the latest hype what's the new platform we remember clubhouse I mean who's talking about that now like two years down the line but um yeah right no one gives a shit about it um but you, you know, know wait let me pop in here when I googled you your clubhouse was the first thing that came up so is that, that where is you really active that is so funny. <laughs> yeah I I I think I used it like twice. I just didn't get it. I mean, it's like TikTok. I don't get TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. My friend keeps telling me, she's like, you need to be on TikTok. I don't, okay, I don't know why I did that voice because she does not sound like that. <laughs> she's going to hate me when she listens to this because I am going to send her this post podcast. But um, yeah, I just don't get it. I mean, maybe I'm just getting old when it comes to marketing and I just stick to like traditional like SEO we like the shit that works though. You know what? We like the long-term strategy where it's going to, it's going to get me more for my buck. And like, I think we talked about this in one of, one of the previous episodes this season. And I kind of was like, yo, I got stuck in the sauce. I got stuck in the Instagram sauce for a little bit where I was like, I need to create content for Instagram and I need to push out content, blah, 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 blah. And then the universe as always hits me in the face. And they were like, universe is like, what the fuck are you doing? And now I'm back to what I started doing, which is like content creation, but long form content creation. Yeah. I hate Instagram. Oh yeah. Amen. I yeah. was just put it out there. Like I hate it. And you started a new one. Yeah. And I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> tell us, tell us like, why did you want to start a new Instagram, especially with your major levels of resistance towards the platform as a whole? Yeah. I so I have had my previous version of Instagram was under my brand name Brilliantly Visible so I just recently rebranded um and you know I had that account since god like years and years where you could literally buy like stock photography and like whack up a pretty picture and like people would like it and you know all that. you get so many likes and it's the same picture that four other people posted last week it's great it was perfect um I don't know I feel there's a lot of resistance around Instagram I feel like it's a full-time job to be honest I just don't have the energy and I think because I come from an SEO background like you said evergreen content I want to have the most bang for my buck like if I do something today I want to know that in three years time I can still make money off it 
and fine instagram have done some instagram seo but it just isn't intuitive enough they clearly just haven't got to that level of sophistication as other platforms have and i just see instagram growing the same way that facebook's going like who is on facebook right now my mom people yeah old people and i just see that becoming an instagram thing like on my personal account it's like all my uncles and aunts and like it's it's just a lot of old people and I you know where I started this spiritual journey I've realized that there's a real fear of being seen and being heard which now in my business has got to a point where it's starting to impact my marketing because believe it or not a lot of marketers hate marketing their business Mm-hmm. like we're great at doing it for other people but we don't want to be front and center in your face doing it for our own um and when I was just doing purely SEO it was really easy because my referral network was so great but now with measurement marketing you know I still do SEO but like with this new version of measurement marketing no one understands it and so I'm having to initiate a lot which as a manifesting generator, I hate. And a lot of my Instagram is initiating because there's no conversation around it. Mm -hmm. I'm not responding to things. I'm not seeing, you know, people posting about stuff that I can respond to and have an opinion about. And so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of things. I feel like it's time wasting personally. Um, I also feel like the platform's changing so much that you literally need to, you can't plan things ahead. I feel like it's a very um, real-time platform now, especially when you start to use reels and you're looking for trending music. You know, it's it's become a full-time career. Mm-hmm. And for people that actually want a sustainable business, it isn't a sustainable marketing channel anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I saw someone post a couple of weeks ago and they had such a, it was an Instagram strategist. And they basically said, I do not use Instagram for visibility anymore. I'm purely using it for conversion. Yeah. And I was like, this is such a great way to think about it because I know that going forward, you know, with the SEO, it's cool. People understand SEO with measurement marketing. Instagram could be a great way for me just to be on video and just talking about it. And later down the line, when I want to have bigger speaking opportunities, it could be like, just head to my Instagram profile and do it. Yeah. Bringing the social back into social media, like allowing Instagram to be the platform that you engage with people and creating, if you create content on the platform, it's kind of like, I don't need results from this right now, but it's creating like, uh, a bankroll of information for people to just binge once they already know about you. Like it's not yeah, so much like it's, a discoverable platform. It's a place to go get stalked, right? So if we're talking about the marketing journey, it used to be a place to grow your awareness and it's not anymore. And I think that's one thing that people are, it's like refusing to grow from, you know, if you, these I'll days we're that. seeing people, if you want to use it as a part of your awareness, make video content, perhaps go get on TikTok or LinkedIn. Where's your audience at? You know, but that kind of growth that it used to have, get in front of new faces, is not happening anymore. But what is happening is here, I would actually, I need you guys to hold me accountable. I've had this idea that I want to do with my business Instagram because I never post. 
So now when you go stalk me on there, it looks like I'm not open for business because I haven't posted in like months and months. I opened a new account and it has like six posts on there right now. So. But do you know what's so funny is I still get leads, really wonderful leads through there all the time because people will get, they'll hear my name, someone will refer me, they go stalk me on Instagram and that's their platform of choice because that's my field. A lot of creatives are on there um, and they DM me. I get, it's a lot of like end of the funnel kind of stuff now, the nurture the conversion. I can get people on sales calls. So what I think I'm going to do, I'm going to take down all the posts and I'm going to put up like one of those, I'm going to treat it almost like a billboard and it's going to like, just like have some, like a, maybe a grid of six or nine, some kind of like about my business, you know, my tag, my hook, whatever, uh, call to action. And then I'm going to have highlights of like my services and testimonials. But I think it's just going to be like, when you land on my Instagram page, it's going to say something like ready to get off the content hamster wheel, learn how to sell more, you know, that kind of idea. And then I don't ever have to worry about posting. And then people that go stalk me there, it'll be clear that, Hey, I don't, I don't hang out here too much. You know, you can learn about me, but um, you can reach out to me on my Instagram, but like, don't expect me to be like showing up a ton. Do y'all think that makes sense? Number one. And two, I saw somebody do that. Yeah. I saw somebody do that. And she basically was like, listen, I'm not posting on my feed anymore. I'll show up on stories when it feels fun for me. Yes. And so her last post on her feed was I'm not posting on my feed anymore. Yes. Click the stories or the highlights for updates. I think, okay. yeah, I don't know. Is it's test like it out. It. If it feels good, do it. Yeah. Use Even it differently, right? It can archive be still useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like don't delete them. Archive the post. If it doesn't work, put your post back up. Great idea. I was feeling sad about that piece of it because it's kind of my portfolio in a way. And I was like, uh, I don't want to lose all these, yeah, but I, I do like the idea that. of the, the little billboard. Yeah, and look, don't get me wrong, like you can grow, you can grow your Instagram account. It just takes a lot of effort. It's a full-time job and I know people who do it as a full-time job and I've seen what that looks like and it's much more than a full-time job. It's wild. And I do want to note for the listeners really quick, both Shay and Pre have a four in their profile (laughs) and like getting opportunities through networking and shit like that. Like if you guys listening, if you have a four in your profile and like Instagram's fucking overwhelming, don't fucking use it like everybody else. Mm -hmm. You two are prime examples of like, you don't, you don't fucking need to. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm going to be honest. I'd probably say like, Right now, Instagram's the only platform I'm on and I'm not active. I still get leads. I was, I was on holiday <laughs> last too. week. I still made money. Yep. I, was actually, I was chatting to, so uh, my best friend in, in life and in business comes from a marketing background. She was in, Mariah, I know who it is because I shared her profile. She, you know, she used to be an Instagram strategist and a mentor business coach. She then pivoted to life coaching and now she's added human design to her arsenal. And um, she went through my profile with me and it was, it was just so enlightening. And, you know, I was telling her that it's really hard in business to really push yourself when you just can't be bothered because, yeah, I've got that defined route, which means I thrive under pressure. But I was also on holiday for a week and I made money without doing anything. Mm-hmm. And so with Instagram, it's like where I hate it. I know I need to be on it because... of my traffic comes from Instagram right now. Everyone that's worked with me in the last 18 months has followed my account at some point. 
it, it makes sense from a strategic point of view. And don't get me wrong, all my collab, I mean, look, me and Mariah connect, connected on Instagram, right? It's not, for me, it's the posting part, the engaging part, the community part, I love. Yeah, found some wicked people on there. Uh, Mariah also knows, I yeah, I think we've spoken about him. I'm just going to like name drop friends in here. Jamar, like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I've met some amazing, wicked people on there. That's how I reached out to you was that Jamar, Jamar Diggs, he's a YouTube strategist. I did an Instagram live with him just chatting about YouTube as like a visibility strategy for business owners. And so I started following him and then he posted about you. I think you did something for like one of his clients or something with measurement marketing. And I was like, Hey, I haven't seen her post in a while, but I remember stalking you because of course, like you were in the SEO field. I'm in the SEO field. Like, I don't know, of course I knew who you were. So then I just started following. And then I saw one of your posts and you're like, yeah, I'm starting over. And like, I'm exploring human design. And I was like, Oh, I need, I don't, I just, I need to reach out and have a conversation with her. And that's the thing that that part of Instagram, I love because it's like really easy to connect with people. Um, but the posting, like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a masculine wound that I struggle with consistency. Who knows? I do too. I, I will explore that with my my trauma coach in a couple of months when we get to that part. But um, yeah, I'm just like, I can't be bothered with posting all the time. And I don't know. I, I just try and respond in the moment. Like I saw someone post something a couple of months ago and I got really fired up about it. And that was the last time that I was excited to like post. Um, but yeah, human design is great because um, it really helped me understand the way I should market my business. And basically my Mars and my Mercury are in Leo. I'm also a Leo. So it was like, you just need to be fiery as hell. And if someone says something you just don't agree with, just call them out. So that's what I do now. In a nice way. I mean, I'm not an asshole, but I'll just be like, I don't know why you have that opinion because it doesn't make sense. And here's the reason why. Here are like the five proof points. (laughs) I think everybody's getting a a taste of exactly why we get along. I just appreciate that (laughs) part of your personality so much. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just like, don't give out bullshit information because you're making people freak out for no reason. You know, it was like, if you remember, it was probably last year now when like Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp, it all went out. And then you saw all these people promoting their like bullshit courses and stuff like, oh, email marketing. And, and I was like, you don't need to do shit. Like you don't need to do any of this stuff. Stop. First of all, having integrity to like, not, not like, what's you know take advantage of people's fears because we're all you know people that were just relying on Facebook and Instagram were like oh my god my business might disappear tomorrow so it's like market yourself from a point of integrity where you don't need to take advantage of people freaking out in that moment and on the other flip side like take this as a lesson that you need to market on like multiple platforms and not just rely on one business you know like don't rely on Meta to like do your own Instagram thing and so yeah it's like I use Instagram at the moment yeah I have a Pinterest it's rebranding you realize shit this is such a big part and so now I'm like trying to get all of the platforms along the same line but I have an email list and it works that's like the number one place to go basically 
Oh, I love to hear that. You know, you've said so many wonderful things I'm excited to dive into, but there's like a general story that Ryan and I have been talking about and you're bringing up too is we are in our own little box in the online business world. And we all are being told that there's like one way to do things. <laughs> and, and I, and it's hard to even know what you don't know. So like, I love what you said about, I've had this realization too, when you get out of this, um, I, I actually, my background is in um, urban design and I started in the public sector and my job was as a strategist all around metrics. So it's something that I know they do in the public sector as well in that idea of like, you know, key performance indicators and like tracking over time and adjusting and evaluating <laughs> that is so normal. And, and I think it's missing. I agree with you. It's such a missing piece. I I'm like a data nerd. So I've obviously have loved that. And, and I think it's cool that you kind of went to a different world, got that perspective, and then now you're back here and you're like, how can I bring this together? And what I'm hearing is that there's like another layer to this of you also are realizing about yourself. I can layer in my more um, maybe perhaps feminine energies into this business as well. And I can bring in my interest in human design. So can you tell us about like the pivot of like, when did human design start coming in and like, what were the whispers like? And like, how did you make that decision to officially like rebrand and kind of step into like a new position? Yeah, so kind of pre-pandemic, I was doing purely SEO and I just got fed up of doing SEO. Like there's only so much SEO you can teach. Like how many times can we keep teaching how to do keyword research again and again and again? It's so funny because me and Pri talked about this and she was like, I just don't want to teach the basics. And I was like, that's great because I fucking love teaching the basics. Send yeah. all the basic people over to me. Yeah, it's, I mean, I know that this is going to be great. I'm, you know, later down the line, later this year, I will be bringing out a course, but it's going to be a bit more, it's going to be more advanced. It's going to be for people that know the basics. But the great thing, again, thanks to Instagram, it's like, if someone comes in to me and they're like, I have zero SEO, I'm going to be like, cool, here's your person and send yeah. it to Mariah. And I think we're missing that so much in the online space, right? Like this scarcity of like, oh no, she's going to take money out of my pocket if... Yeah. And I'm just like, no, I just don't have the energy for it. So um, yeah, kind of pre-pandemic, I was doing a lot of SEO and I just got bored to the point where I was like, I'm not enjoying this. Then the whole world of measurement marketing came in. And do you know what? I really struggled. I, I made money, don't get me wrong, but I struggled to get things out there. And essentially, how do you build brand awareness for something that doesn't exist? Right, go to the average person in the online space and ask them what measurement marketing is. They will have no idea. Even though it says it, it tells you literally what it is. They won't understand. And even it's though they it. struggle, every single person struggles with it. They don't know what to measure. They're like, they've logged in their analytics. They don't know what to look at. It's such a common pain point, but I hear you. It's not well known. And the other point of it is the clients that I did work with, they were like, I was looking for you, but I didn't know yeah. what you were called. They're like, I knew I kind of wanted something with like Google Analytics or like metrics, but it's not a well-known, everyone knows SEO, right? Everyone knows web designer, everyone knows marketing strategist. Measurement marketer doesn't exist. And so it was one of these things where I was really pushing really hard and I was getting fed up. Like I was getting to the point where I was having conversations with my friend and I was like, I don't know if I'm cut out for business. Like 
until uh, the end of 2020, end of 2020, I was working full time in the corporate world and juggling my SEO business. And so when I quit, I had a year of like running my business and I was like, something's wrong because I should be way ahead then. And I have an open head, open Ajna. So like, this is in my head where I'm like, I should be further along, but you know, I have the strategy. I have the experience. How, how can I do this for other people's business? And I couldn't do it for my own. And so I really started to open up and I was telling my friend who, you know, was learning human design. And I was like, I'm frustrated. I'm really annoyed. I hate my business right now. I'm working with some great clients, but like, I'm not getting the traction that I need. And I, I couldn't figure out why. And this just went on for like six months. And eventually she was like, let's have a look at your human design. And so we had a look at it and we realized that there were so many things that I had so many, I'm not going to call them mistakes, but like so many things that I had moved away from that meant that I was no longer in alignment with my human design. So I'm a four, six, I had no community. You know, when I was doing SEO, I had a free community. I, I was networking. And when I moved into measurement marketing, I literally had no community. And so as a four, six, how can you thrive when you don't have people around you? You, you can't, you, you know, you, you're dead in the water straight away. And at the same time, you know, yes, SEO develops every year, but the core basics still remain the same. In measurement marketing right now, it is like hotcakes. Like Google is changing everything. Everything. <laughs> yeah like there's a new version of google analytics coming out well it's already out called ga4 that it's not like an upgrade it's like a whole new system and it's been out for two years but google's still building it and so the other flip side the six line which is you know the expert on the you know on the roof it's like shit, I'm not picking this up as quick as I did with SEO because there's not a lot of stuff around, you know? It's it's like you are literally running a marathon as you're picking up all this information. And so I just got to a point after I had my, re there was a lot of stuff in my reading. Um, and I just realized that really the pivot that I had made was never gonna work because I'd gone so off kilter. And a lot of stuff came out about, um, you know, being a leader and um, my incarnation cross is basically to use experience from the past and help people move forward with it. And I just wasn't doing that. And so I just decided to burn my business to the ground and start afresh and start new. And this was kind of when me and Mariah had connected and she was like, hey, what's going on? And I was like, I've learned all these things. I'm going to start implementing. And um, yeah, I'm now working under my name. And it's been a really big wake up call because I feel like I've shed that skin finally of the corporate world. Where like, you know, you, if you work in the corporate world, you have this idea of what success is. And success is, you know, fitting into a box. It's not showing your personality. It's Living being stuffy and professional and yes. hitting hitting these money goals and these revenue goals by a certain time frame by a certain age and and having these physical things to show for it 
exactly and I, I just realized that it wasn't serving me basically and so in a way human design kind of gave me that permission to be like fuck it I am gonna change everything and hit fresh and we'll just see how things go and it's so funny because as soon as I made that decision the floodgates opened yeah I love that I love that and I do want to say so you just launched your website not long ago and as she was launching it she was telling me in Voxer that she ended up weaving human design into her copywriting and like her about page. And like, this is my genius. This is what I help you with. Like not relaying it back to human design in the copywriting itself, but the words that she used was based off of what she learned from human design. And I just thought that that was so fucking genius. I was like, listen, you're a genius here. I'm going to do something similar. I'm about, I just wrote, I'm about to, I'm writing my new website copy. I was like, pull up a Karen Curry's human design book and go pull through it and like pull out some things. That's such a good idea. It's such a good idea. I was reading it. I was like, damn, dude, this is good. And it's funny because a lot of like some of the things is in terms of like her open head and her open Ajna. And I was like, fuck man, I got to open a head and an open Ajna too. She just worded this, like she's pulling me in. I'm just like, damn it. Amazing. Yeah, because you know, I have um I have gate of the listener, you know. I have 33, like if anyone knows, I've got 33 and 13, I've got the whole channel. So for me, it's really about, you know, because I come from that analytical masculine strategy kind of background, it's it's being able to like listen to what's happening, what people are struggling with taking the data whether it's seo data or marketing data and then creating the stories to be able to storytell and that is really what i did on the corporate world because you know i was delivering you know i would go present to like the cmo the ceo i would you know create presentations that would get shared with you know the board of directors or the investors they don't understand seo like they don't need to know the basics right but what they do need to know is x happened and this is a story behind it. And this is why it's important. So they know, hey, you know, why did our stocks go up or down? And when do we think we're going to rebound from it? So, yeah, I was really excited to write my about page. Um, if you're listening to this, go check it out. I mean, it was, you know, I finished it and it was like chef's kiss. It was like the most beautiful thing I'd ever written. Uh, and it came from the heart. And so... Yeah, it's, it's been very exciting to, to kind of weave in human design into my business. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I do, I do want to go off on a little bit of a tangent here because me and you kind of talk, like me and Shay talk about this and Pri, me and you talked about this. And I just feel like people outside of these smaller conversations aren't talking about this. It's community over competition. So when I first got into business, the rising tide society was a huge thing, right? Like I remember being in Facebook groups and like, I even gave my very first SEO presentation in purpose or in purpose in person to a rising tide society, like local chapter here in Buffalo. That's a whole nother fucking story on its own. Um, <laughs> but I gave, I gave that presentation and 
like their, their hashtag at the time was like community over competition. And everybody was talking about it. Like back in the day when you can post on Instagram, just little pictures and pick a couple hashtags and things would circle around. It was always community over competition, but it's interesting because people say that they'll hashtag it. They'll say that that is like a big value to them, but we look around in the online business space and it's not. So like I was in a group coaching program a few weeks ago. And the leader of that program was, she was a therapist and she came into the online business world. And she was like, there's an issue in this online business space with coaching. Like in therapy, a whole bunch of colleagues of therapists come together and obviously without sharing specific information, but like would talk about case studies and ask for advice and like, just be able to have sounding boards to like bounce off of people, get different perspectives. And she's like, and it was so normal in the therapy space. Like we weren't worried about anybody taking our clients. Like we just, it wasn't even a thing. And she's like, and then you come into this online business space and it's like, online coaches, business coaches, copywriters, literally everybody in their own little niche does not want to collaborate with somebody in that similar niche in fear that they are going to take some of their clients or people are going to choose that person over this person. And Pri, I remember me and you talking about it. And I was like, that's so interesting. Like, I don't know if I've ever really had in-depth conversations with SEO people. and it's because like in our industry, it's like, well, if we collab with them, like, I don't know, like nobody else is doing this. So maybe that will happen. Maybe they will take my clients. Maybe this will. But then like, after having conversations, we're both coming from two completely different perspectives. Like we have like a similar foundation of values and like how we handle projects and clients and things like that. But it's like, you like working with more of the advanced people, the more advanced businesses, I prefer working with the basics and like teaching people the basics, the foundations and the smaller businesses. And it's like, we just learn so much from having a conversation and collaborating and just like sharing the stage with people, even in our niches, because it just helps us grow our knowledge base and our perspective and essentially how we help our clients. Like it really benefits the fucking clients when we do this. Like it's not really talked about in the space. Yeah, I think there's, you know, there's a sense of, I guess, insecurity, you know, like if I share the stage with this person or if I get in touch with them, are they going to overtake me? And for me, it's just never been the case. Um, you know, I, I've, me and Mariah have talked about this. I'm not going to obviously go into names, but I, I've had an SEO like rip off my IP, rip off my brand name. And, you know, I guess for me, because I know, um, I know the level of expertise I'm at, you know, I, again, I was on holiday last week. I came back and turned my, my laptop on and I found out that one of, one of the projects I've I worked on last year, just won an award at the European Search Awards. So it's like when I sit there, when I step back, you know, if, if someone, let's say, you know, that person copied me or used my IP or used the language I was using, does it hurt me? Yeah, it pisses me off because I'm like, you can't really call people out because you look a bit, you sound like a bit of a dick and like you're petty. But then when I step back and I'm like, okay, in the long run, 
I know that me and my expertise is is way above beyond this person but I also know the level of integrity I have and the impact that I make is going to be way beyond what this person can do and that's that's not me being up my own ass it's just me realizing that I have done so much inner work plus the level of expertise that I would actually be more in alignment with myself if I just said to someone hey we're not a good fit but I'm gonna send you to my friend who would be right so if someone came to me tomorrow let, let's say off the back of this someone gets in touch and they're like hey I'd love to work with you and we have a chat and I'm like actually I'm not a right fit I wouldn't have any problem with saying you need to go to Mariah because she'll be able to help you out because you know in the past let's be honest before I started doing all the inner work and in the early stages of business I would have probably just taken that client and I know yep. every single time I did do that I hated myself for doing it because I wasn't you know I was in that space of like I should do this because it's money and I need to make money and you know not a lot of people will admit that not a lot of people will say in the early stages of my business I took on clients that perhaps weren't a good fit for me because I needed the money and the reality of it is we all did it whether we want to admit it or not yep you just have to feel comfortable enough now to admit that you did that in the past and that you're not that person because we all evolve. You know, this is like an interesting idea I've been thinking about as well. Um, you know, my bent is selling, but I heard this idea, you guys have heard the phrase buyers, buyer beware, right? And that's like kind of the whole culture around selling. And that's what it's been historically is that the person making the buying decision has less information than the person selling the product. But really since the internet, that dynamic has flipped. And now it's much more of a level playing field where um, a buyer really can get more information. They can know a lot, they can have a lot more pieces. And, and the point, this person was making was it's really more of a seller beware <laughs> type situation yeah. and that's something that I have personally the way that I've niched is I'm only working with people I feel lit up about working with and that is one way I've always held that as like a core value or a core principle in my business um, at the beginning I didn't when you're in that survival mode you can't you got to survive you got to pay the bills but once you get out of survival mode and you can start thinking a little bit bigger picture that this is the ticket. Be choosy about who you work with. Get clear about what it is that lights you up and where you show up well and where you deliver a lot of value. And then say no. And for a lot of, for me, the recovering people pleaser saying no, I still to this day get asked to do things. I think all of us on this call are very competent and can do a lot of things. I still get asked to do a lot of things. And so for me these days, the Jedi work is knowing, saying no, just saying no, 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 not right. Not right, not right, not right. <laughs> and then maybe one yes, that really like fires me up. And it's exactly what you said, Pri, when you start making those kind of decisions and alignment, it's like, the floodgates open. All of a sudden you're a magnet to the right opportunities and it feels scary to do, but like there's some also magic behind it as well as strategy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I just don't think that it's really like discernment and learning what discernment means for you, bringing in the other piece, that preset of like doing that inner healing. Yeah. 
you have to dig deep and go within and figure out where your blind spots are, where your shadows are in order to discern in a way that is in line with your integrity. Because like, especially in business, when like the bills and making money is reliant on what you do, who you serve and like the clients or the offers or whatever, it can be quote unquote easy to slide back in to just people pleasing, taking on clients or getting really worked up about competition and like really, really keep, keep your, what is it? Like keep your knit close. (laughs) I don't even know what word I'm going for, but like, it's just, it's easy. And, and I just think that it's something to, to really be aware of and to really sit with, mm-hmm. really sit with like what decisions you're making, what clients you're taking on and just like how you feel about your competition. Is it like me versus you? Is it more collaborative? I feel like that is something to explore. Yeah. Yeah. To your point, Raya, this does show up and it's like in terms of your clients, but also in terms of who you're allowing to surround yourself with your network and your community. And that is such an important part of almost any profession is having a professional community. And I heard someone the other day talk about in a lot of the course world, it's very much like a hierarchy structure, you know, like expert sits on top and we're all beneath them, like getting told what to do, you know, we have to follow their process. And I think that, um, even though we're hearing a lot about community over competition, just that being the dynamics in every single container in this space communicates a different message, right? It's not really where I like, like where this cool constellation all working together is like a much more fun thought to me than like someone's high and someone's low. And so I've been trying to think about how can I invest in places and be in community where it is more of this like constellation weaving together as opposed to like that Uh, I'm beneath you or I'm above you kind of hierarchy that's so interesting because I know whenever I've done any like CEO development programs or anything obviously boundaries come up and for me the way people talk about boundaries is it's just so weird you know that's that's really when you know let's let's take courses example you know you'll have the the kind of uh, celebrity expert or you know the whoever, whatever type we're going to give them, the course creator, the main coach, and then they'll have, you know, like coaches underneath them. But it's one of those things where you're sold on the idea that you'll get access to the coach. But then what you tend to find is a lot of the time you're dealing with the co-coaches, you know, you don't spend that much time with the coach. And a lot of that comes into, well, you know, when you get to a certain level, you need to have a certain level of boundaries and you know, if you people want access to you, they have to pay for it. And, you know, it just, it makes me really think of women that I know who really embody strong boundaries where you won't fuck with them, but you also don't feel like they're cold bitches. You know, you don't, you, you kind of want to know where like people understand that you have boundaries in place to protect your energy and your expertise. And so, People don't take the piss out of you all the time, but you also want to know that if they need something, you're approachable. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, in, in the online course industry, I don't see that happen that often. And so I know when I've tried to scale my business, hey, look, I tried the agency model and that didn't work and I hated that. And I've tried 
the course model and also hated that too for me it's the idea of like building a team and I've just realized I don't want to build a team like I I hired a business consultant in September last year and we basically figured out with I mean now my my business models pivoted slightly but at that point I could hit like you know nearly 200k 200k pounds because I'm in the UK by myself that's that's pretty decent you know of course you could bring on a team if you want to make things easier but I think it's really just coming back to yourself and going just because people tell me I shouldn't work with the competition or just because people tell me I need to hire someone or I need to do this thing doesn't mean it's going to work for you and that's really where using data and using energetics can be so powerful and for me it's I've tried just using the data and it hasn't worked and so layering the energetics on top of that has been great yeah yeah I feel like I I had a similar a similar experience of like I've leaned all the way into the strategy like all of us pretty much built our business in a, a similar mindset of like strategy strategy I'm really fucking good at this I can do this blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I've tried building a business only on the strategy and don't get me wrong. I've built a successful business that way, but just like you guys, there, there was a level of burnout there or a level of like, there's gotta be something more. There's gotta be something different. There's gotta be a way that I can make this easier. And so then I ended up leaning all the way into the intuitive side of it. Literally where I like didn't measurement marketing, ha ha ha, I'm not checking data. Like this is just like, this is all gut reaction. This is all fly by the seat of my pants. This is all blah, blah. Like I, I was leaning all the way on that side too. But I think just for me, I needed to get a taste of both sides to see that they really do need each other. And in order to build, I don't even want to say a successful business because you can build a successful business focusing on technically one or the other, but to build a successful business that's sustainable. I think that's, that's kind of the key here is that you really do have to weave in both strategy and energetics, because like we all have our own authentic blueprint structure, like way of being and we all have our own our own gifts and perspectives to share with our people but it's like you need that strategy because we also live in a fucking a a 3d physical world like we can't just like snap our fingers and then all of a sudden i have chocolate cake in my left hand like that was the case believe me i would do it but it's like we have to play within the world that that we're living in and i think that the world was the world that we live in now was built so much in that masculine energy, that strategic energy that we're starting to bring in this more feminine side of it. But being a business owner that started off in the strategy side, it was scary to lean into more of the feminine. And I feel like it it really is a testing and tweaking process, especially when you start to weave in personal development and healing and emotional intelligence and like all of these different pieces that really do come into play when you're building a business. Yeah. Part of it is really taking the time, you know, we're talking about being aware, self-awareness, building those muscles, but what does success look like for you? What does enough look like for you? Because what I found was I was working towards 
I make a joke to Mariah a lot of like, I, everyone's giving you advice, like I'm trying to buy a private island. And I'm not trying to do that. You know, for me, I have a pretty, um, I don't know if minimalist is the right word, but I have a lifestyle that I like, you know, I, I've gotten really clear about like, how I want to live my life, what I need to feel comfortable, what I need to even go beyond comfortable and like do cool things with money and like give back. But it's not, I'm building a big ass company with 50 people and I need to be bringing in 7 million or who knows, you know, like right now that is not enough in success for me. I have defined that and I've built my business around those definitions. And I, I loved what you both have said of um, it, it's really easy to get caught up in what everyone is telling us is successful and what everyone telling us, you know, like there's no, I think in our culture, there's no such thing as enough. You know, we are given this constant want, constant consumption, you know, more, more, more. What if we don't need that, you know, and what could that look like for you? Uh, you know, it really, I don't need a ton. And that, for when I realized that, it just made this all seem so much more doable. And that was very freeing for me because I also get caught up in the, oh, well, I, so-and-so need me. I, I need an assistant and I need to scale my big high ticket group coaching and I need to do all of this. No, that wasn't right. It's not appropriate for me. And there's so many ways to build a business. We don't have to get so like laser focused. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Um, for me, it was it was a lot of self-discovery. I know, you know, traditionally it's like, have a look at your values and go from there. But like, actually really have a look at your values, like deep dive into your values. And I had to Google what values were. Thank you. Like I literally had to be like, what the fuck do you mean my value? What does that mean? What does value mean? Well, and then I, I said there, that's so okay. jargony now, right? Like when you even said it, my first gut reaction is always to roll my eyes, even though I know <laughs> that this is so important. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, I think it's, it's similar. Look, it's similar to those stupid client avatar fucking exercises they get people to do. No one gives a shit what colored car they're driving unless you're about to sell them a car or car insurance or something related. But the thing for me like doing the generic values it seems like everyone's everyone and their mom's value is like integrity but what does that actually mean to you what does that mean like how does that impact the way that you you know sell how does that impact the way you work like it's not even saying oh I have integrity I will never mislead you it's even integrity to yourself so if you know that you are at capacity and yet coming back to that point of what is enough, you know, am I really being true to myself? And do I really have integrity? If I know that my roster is completely packed, I'm at that point of exhaustion, but I just have that one more client who's ready to pay me in full. And I'm going to take that because I'm hungry for the money. Is that really being in alignment and being full of integrity? No. And so I think it's really easy for people especially because you know what happened with the pandemic and obviously BLM and big causes like that that yes we need to be aware of but I feel like in a way we are like gaslighting each other by really you know talking about our values in a way that we're trying to this is our new way of selling like I, I have these values I'm so great this is why you should work with me and it's like virtue signaling exactly it's don't just do this as a tick box exercise and have a page on your website talking about your values if you're not embodying them and you're not living them out because 
there are so many people that I know in the online space that I networked with and I've seen all of you know I've seen their website I've seen them their Instagram and I'm like this is a great person it seems like we're vibing same values and then I've got to know them and I'm like shit you are not embodying what you say and that's you know you know like to a certain extent you know if we just purely look at the business stuff it's like I talk about SEO I talk about measurement marketing do I do all the things that I teach no because the reality of it is I don't need to do them right but it would be another thing if I was really preaching you know I'm you know uh let's use inclusivity you know my business is inclusive but I don't have closed captions I you know I don't have audio only or I don't have a transcript or you know I I'm not using people's pronouns when I'm networking with them. It's it's these kind of things where I feel like people still need a lot of work to do and it's gone beyond just the basic selling that we're so used to, the basic networking we're so used to. I feel like that next level, I know with this pivot, for me, it's like I've let go of a lot of the people that I was previously networking with because I'm like, what you're doing isn't in alignment with the way that I see myself moving forward. Yeah, I feel it's it's like the depth of integrity. You can say the word, but what does that mean to you? And it's funny, I was just having a conversation with somebody and I was like, integrity isn't even on my value list because like I've embodied it. It's not some like it is me. Like when I when I say authenticity, like integrity is already wrapped up into that. And so it's like well, and, and it's also allowing ourselves to be honest, because if we are being honest, sometimes we do have blind spots yeah. and it's like just human nature. We are all hypocrites. Every single person on the planet is a fucking hypocrite. And like, that's perfectly fine. It's part of being human. But I think integrity is like, when you know better, you do better. And that's the thing of embodying it. When you learn something, you do better. You, you call yourself out on your shit and you're open to having the honest conversations and the transparency that needs to be there in order to embody the things that you say are important to you. Yeah, for me, it's, it's a case of, you know, it comes back to that virtual signaling, that gaslighting, like why are you shouting out so much about it? It's like, you need to prove a point when the reality of it is if you're already embodying it, it will show naturally, mm-hmm. right? You don't need to like shout out from the rooftops. I have integrity, you know, th- you know, I'm valuable, you know, all of these things. It's like, people will just know from the way that you act and the way you treat people and just from doing work with you. You know, I, I'm like sitting here, my mind is blown with the idea of bringing in gaslighting and virtue signaling into our space. Cause I'm sitting here like, wow, I can think of so many examples of how we're gaslighting each other. Um, Something Brian, I have talked about recently is people sharing revenue numbers. You know, I've been on the backside of businesses and I have met accountants now that have confirmed with me, people will be lying about these numbers. And I spent so many years in like a deep shame spiral because I wasn't where I thought I should be. And, And it was all based on people hyping themselves up, sharing numbers and and it's probably not true, or it needs a full context and story around it. And so I've really been trying to encourage myself and anybody lately, when you hear any kind of numbers, 
take it with a grain of salt. You don't know the whole picture. You don't know the metrics behind it. You don't know everything. They may have done it once, but maybe it's been three years since, you know, and, and, and not getting, I don't know. I just feel like this idea of hyping and like, sometimes I'm like, am I in a pyramid scheme? Like, I, I, and so this idea of like gaslighting, I'm like, yeah, we gaslight each other in so many different ways. I feel like I could think of a million examples right now. And, and it's, you know, there's two points. One, it's really hard because in, you know, in our line of work, case studies are a really big thing. Yeah. And obviously ROI is really important. How can you really, you know, when you are working on someone's marketing or web design or, you know, marketing related, your ROI, like ROI is always going to be the number one thing you're measured on. But how can you really talk about ROI in a positive way when it's just a number, another revenue thing? Mm. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that you've spoken to accountants and you've seen the back of people's businesses. It's because I do the measurement side for a lot of people's launches. You know, yes, they'll hit, you know, one million, whatever, you know, sometimes they do. But, you know, they'll hit that holy grail. But then I'm like, yeah, you also spent like, you know, 700K on marketing and paying exactly. affiliates and paying your team. And it's it's just so exhausting. I was, you know, on holiday, I was visiting a friend in Stockholm and I was telling her, I was like, the reality of it is, if I wanted to, I could have a million pound business by the end of the year. Like anyone in the online space, you know, theoretically could hit a million dollars, a million pounds, you know, whatever your currency is. Because our capacity is infinite. Like, you know, yes, there's things that you have to work on, but we don't have that cap that, you know, people in the corporate world do. But there's so many hurdles along the way that people don't get to that point. And the people that do get there sometimes get lost along the way. And I noticed during the pandemic, it went from... I'm a six-figure business to I'm a seven-figure business and I was like where the fuck has this come from now like why are we now talking about seven-figure businesses like what's next eight-figure nine-figure like and you're right that all of those seven-figure businesses are six figures or nine figures or whatever we don't know how profitable they are <laughs> and that's a whole and it's funny nobody's talking about that or if they like their fucking business you're right do they they like their business yeah do they like their team do they like how they're serving clients are they feeling are they feeling fulfilled do they think that the way that they have built this business is fucking sustainable Mm -hmm. because like that is i keep saying the word over and over again i don't want to build a business that is not fucking sustainable for me my energy and how i want to live my life And that's why I'm so committed to testing and tweaking. So I am so committed to personal development and personal growth. So I am so committed to having these conversations, to learning more about myself, to collaborating, because there's so many things that I don't know. And as humans, especially as business owners, we forget we were put on this earth to evolve. So once you think that you have cracked the code and figured something out, like put your learning hat back on because there's more shit to learn. And like, that can be overwhelming, but like, that's where we get to have fun with it. It's the, it's that cliche of like enjoying the journey because it's all fucking journey. That's it. I'm cracking up. Cause I'm like spoken as a line three. <laughs> <laughs> the experimenter in us three. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like addicted to the testing and tweaking. And I literally just, 
recently, once I did, once I realized that I was that three line, it is very obvious to me in my subconscious profile, because I was like, I didn't even realize that this was a strength of mine. Yeah. I come from like this, this perfectionist wound and really enjoying my one line of like getting the foundations, the basics, feeling safe in the information and the research that I didn't realize that people found value in me experimenting. And like, I've been playing around with that with my email list. I just sent one yesterday explaining the story that I told a few episodes ago on the podcast of like, I launched a group program and then decided I didn't want to fucking do it anymore. And I canceled it five days before it was supposed to start. And I got emails back being like, thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm like, what the fuck? If I didn't find out that I was like a three line, I don't know if I would ever have the courage to share the experiments and really lean into this testing and tweaking process. And we spoke about this, right? A couple of weeks ago on, on Voxer and you yep. were like, oh, I don't know what to do. I was like, just tell them about what you're doing. Just tell them about the experiment. No, it feels too easy. I can't fucking do that. Don't make me do that. No. <laughs> and then I did it and then it was fucking great. Oh, look. Well, what I found out is I have a lot of line two energy. So line two is the hermit. They're like the expert, but they're like in the living room. The lights are on. So like everyone outside can see and the hermit's like, I'm just going to sit here. And yeah, I, I feel that. I have like, I don't know why. I, I, I've got four things. I've got like my North node, whatever. I can't remember off the top of that top of my head but I have a lot of line two energy and so when you were messaging me and you were like yeah I don't know what to do I was like this is so funny because it's so easy for me to give other people solutions but then when it comes to my own it's like I'm just gonna sit here surely people know how good I am clearly just go to my Instagram profile <laughs> <laughs> but do you know some of us can do that like I'm too four and that honestly learning about human design all of it was like oh all I have to do is be like me being, and I truly, I think this is true for everybody, but especially for two fours and I have the hermit and then the opposite, the four, you guys know more about this than I do, but then the fours don't kind of the, the opposite. The four, of, like the four getting and the out. hermit are like two opposites. Right, right. It's very um, different pulls and I have different moments, right? Like um, some phases I'm very hermit, some phases I'm very networking, but I have always, and I have, every time I've tried to get coached, I run into this issue of, I can't show up consistently. I don't see the point in wasting my time on Instagram. It's like one and done. It's not making like an asset in my business. Right. And I've like, I'm pretty sure I can just go meet people. And I think that's enough. And that's always been enough. And even I got, I, I got a, like an argument with a coach last week about this. Like that has been it and it's worked. And then I learned human design and it's like, Hey girl, you can do that. That's what you, <laughs> that's like your thing. You can do that. It gave me so much peace of mind. And now when I keep getting that same advice, I can know, like I have discernment. I think human design has given me discernment more of like, this is appropriate for me. This is not appropriate for me. Learning I was a projector. Oh my goodness, you generators, you're, you're the whole world. In my whole life, I've shamed myself. I'm like, you're lazy. You can't work that hard. I never knew how I could go have a cubicle job. Like the idea of those kind of hours are wild to me. And so <laughs> learning that I don't have a motor and I have to be really careful about my bandwidth. It's so precious. It, it, it just was so validating. And, and I, I really have appreciated hearing all of y'all's real life examples of how you've used human design 
really on your on your copywriting page you know like how you're working with clients how you're networking and meeting people how you're making your marketing strategy because I think it's like one thing for us to say human design is really helpful but I really appreciate like the real stories because they also look pretty different you know I found my like YouTube being fiery and like that kind of stuff I'm over here like I'm all water <laughs> three water half look all water um so it's cool to hear how this plays out for other people because it reminds me of like we're this really cool puzzle that comes together yeah I have like no water in my chart but um <laughs> I use human design with my husband mm-hmm. me too um He's a one three manifester. Um, obviously, the six line for the first three years is a three line. And wow, my husband thrives in chaos. Like Mariah knows, like the last month we had a whole situation with our rental. And there was a moment where I was like, oh, we might not have a place. And my husband was thriving and I was just so exhausted. Um, but, you know, it's been great because manifest doesn't matter initiate, but they don't have a lot of energy, right? Like they have this surge and they finish, but, you know, I have the gate of finishing things. So I'm literally like, you start things and when you've had enough, I will take over. And my my two, you know, my my sacral and my root will get shit done. <laughs> oh man, it's so. just so validating for me to know that you exist, that the you and the Mariahs exist. <laughs> because I, a lot of times I'm surrounded by all of the opposite. We can start things. And so just knowing that finishers exist is such a relief. Yeah, it's really funny because um, I'm in Aries rising, which is obviously like the baby fire sign. And Aries initiate, like they start things all the time. So I've had it in my head of like, yeah, I'm, I've always been, this is what has been really interesting. I always had this idea of I'm the visionary in my business, but I'm not the doer. Clearly that's wrong according to to human design. But it was like, I want to start things and then I just want someone to take over. So as validating human design is, it's also in a way called me up on a lot of my shit because I'm like, this isn't, right so where has this come from like am I not doing the right thing in my business am I not enjoying it um you know Instagram is the bane of my life because there's been a whole thing of like my ego is telling me drop Instagram but my heart is telling me that's where you're meeting your community so stay put and I think being able to use something like human design to make you know don't take it as gospel obviously everyone has free will but if you're really struggling it can really help you figure out where your strengths are so you can pivot and make an informed decision uh which is really funny coming from a marketing data person because I should be telling you listen to the numbers (laughs) oh I love the duality of that advice because like it is it's both right yeah it's but like the numbers don't mean shit when your energy is not behind it. And when like the, the values aren't behind it. Like what yeah. are numbers without values? Yeah. And that's the thing. I have a lot of people going, you know, I've, I've had people before um, respond to posts where they've been like, oh, and trust your intuition. And I'm like, yeah, but they're two completely different things, but they work in harmony. So, you know, the data for me will tell me the what, the intuition will tell me when. Mm. So, like, so you know for me it's like the data will be like you need to do this you need to be on Pinterest more you need to go do 
like more guest podcasts or you know whatever the day is telling me but then it's up to me to be like okay when do I do that and I've been that's where I've been trying different systems like tracking the moon like okay when you know when the moon is in my seventh house that's when I should be collaborating or like when the moon is in my 10th house that's when I should be working with clients you know all of that kind of stuff um tracking my cycle like when I'm bleeding you're not going to see me anywhere like I'm going to be hibernating eating a lot of soups like just chilling and watching Netflix so there's so, so many different like intuitive ways as as women and you know people that identify as a woman um can use to really use that intuitive side so you're not burning up because the reality of it is energetically and genetically we have different energy cycles to men and men will basically hit the reset button every single day and for us we have you know generally a 28 day cycle where our hormones and our moods and everything will fluctuate and just learning that was such a game changer because especially in the corporate world, you are switched on all the fucking time and you it, they don't care if you are on your period or if you have a migraine, you need to show up. And especially in the corporate world, it's a man's world, you know? So things are changing, but it's like a dog eat dog world. Like if you want to prove your worth, you have to be this hard masculine shell this hard bitch that can go as hard as a man and you just hit a point in your life where you're like I can't do this anymore yeah yeah and I I'm grateful that I see that old way of business dying like it's just disintegrating and maybe it starts in the online business space because we do have the freedom to create a new template of like how this is going to work because I don't have to ask the board of directors and a COO and a CEO, if I can make decisions in my business, I can allow myself to experiment and to figure things out and to change things and to evolve. And I like what you said about the data, about how the data is the what and your intuition is the when. It's, It's kind of like the data gives us something to respond to. The data allows us to look at something and to be like, how do we feel about this? Do we want to not take action right now? Or does this feel fun for us to explore on a deeper level? Because at the end of the day, like data very rarely tells the entire story. Like context with data is also very important. And like why you're even tracking that to begin with. Yeah, it's a story behind it, right? Like, I I feel like one of the reasons, one of the things that people struggle with is they're tracking so much data, they don't know what to use and they don't know what it means. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you're tracking, it's what you're using it for. And if you don't know what you're using it for and you don't know how to use it, you might as well not be doing it. You know, it's, for me, what I found really powerful in data was you know, let, let's use a launch, right? Now, launches for the majority of us, because unfortunately, this is another, um, we've, we've kind of talked, we've made launching this huge event and it's become so exhausting, but it seems to, like burnout during launch seems to be like a badge of honor. 
right? Like everyone needs, you need to push so fucking hard. You need to be exhausted. Like the more exhausted you are after a launch, the better your launch was. And the reality of it is, is just because you mark out two weeks in your diary doesn't mean that other things aren't going to happen to you. And a lot of the times what I find is clients that come to me before, you know, like they've done a launch recently or they're about to do a launch. Something has happened during their launch that has sent them on a tailspin. And what they've realized is emotionally, there was so something happened that knocked them off their game during the launch. You know, whether that was a family member got ill or, you know, something happened. And because they weren't grounded in that launch with the knowledge that they have the data backing them up, it's made things a lot worse. And so, yes, data is very masculine. It's very analytical. But as as women, we can really use that to ground ourselves. So no matter what's happening around us, whether, you know, um, I'm making some real bad examples but like there's a natural disaster or something like COVID happens or like someone in your family gets ill you are not making decisions in that moment where you're spiraling and you're freaking out because of emotion because you know that the data is there black and white it's telling you a story and that is what sticks I love that and you know we have a kind of a theme coming through now of like it, it, it's it's landing in the middle, right? You know, like uh, the corporate world was created by men and it certainly swings hard on the masculine side. And I agree with Mariah, like that's what I've always loved about the online world is we can make up rules and build this in another way. But I've certainly swung too hard to the feminine energy. Once I escaped the corporate world, it was like I needed to swing hard to the other side. And that was, I I lost a sense of being grounded and, and what you just said there, I love that idea of, I got this visual of like it, putting an anchor down, like we're on a journey and then we stop and put an anchor down and connecting back and, and finding the happy balance of masculine and feminine and using them it, almost like the co-creation, right? You know, you get it go a little bit masculine, go back a little feminine and it's finding this lovely ebb and flow. I think that's really where sustainability, you know, we're talking about how to build a sustainable business. It's like, can you be aware of both sides and in, in, in touch with yourself to, okay, I'm too far this way or I'm too far that way. What do I need to do to course correct? But I really, you know, it's funny, Mariah and I just shot an episode about lifestyle design and we forgot to mention I appreciate you bringing this up, this idea of like cycle planning. To me, that was so, and now saying it, it sounds obvious. It seems so obvious. I don't even think of it anymore. But when I first heard about, oh, I could set my schedule up around my period, I was like, what? Because I had been lived my whole life. That week was a nightmare. It was horrible. I was in pain. I was forcing myself to do things that I didn't have the energy for, you know? And then now, and then being aware of the flip side of like, oh, when I'm really lit up, maybe I could go on a podcast or schedule a speaking event or do something like, like just that awareness of how my body works and that I can actually change my schedule, even though it doesn't look like this nine to five consistent world I've grown up in. That was so liberating, like so liberating. It's been such an empowering thing in my life. And I, I hope if you're a woman listening to this right now, and it, it's like making you roll your eyes a little bit. Take, try, <laughs> just get some awareness there because it is a game changer, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. I mean, th there's magic in it. And it's, it's kind of a shame that we're not taught this stuff. You know, I really wish they would teach this stuff in schools because I think it would be so powerful. Um, 
and realize that it's not a weakness like we 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 create life what we do is magical but we need to have our downtime so we can get back up and do it all over again it's it's not consistent energy and that's that's completely okay mm. That is like such a nice, beautiful place, I think, to kind of start wrapping this up. I want to be respectful of your time, Pri. I know we've gone on quite a bit. This conversation <laughs> has like literally lightning flew by. <laughs> um, it's been incredibly nourishing. Uh, I can't tell you how much, you know, there's so many things that as you've been talking, I sat here and I was like, wow, I thought I was the only one who felt like that. Or I thought those were only conversations Mariah and I were having. So I'm so again, validated that like, no, it's not just us. And there is a growing community. <laughs> and there are people out there like us that are kind of, I keep wanting to say like breaking out of the matrix a little bit, but really trying to like step back mm -hmm. and have some discernment and, and look at other worlds and figure out where maybe we're being a little brainwashed and how we could maybe bring some more data in or how we could bring human design in to make more aligned decisions. It's got me feeling really energized. Um, so I just can't thank you enough. Um, I, I really love, I feel like I could listen to you all day. So thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. This has been great. But really quick, before we close the episode down, we have a question that we ask every human on the podcast. So what has been sparking your curiosity lately? Oh, this is interesting. I feel like, as a manifesting generator, there are so many different things. I'm having to think about one thing in particular now. Um, dead silent. I have been obsessed with space. I've always been obsessed with space. I would have loved to be an astronaut, but I feel like the more I'm diving into my spirituality and astrology and human design my desire to know what's out there has just increased so much so there's a oh. lot of like basically staring on NASA and just looking at pictures and watching random YouTube videos of what's out there um I don't know I feel like we're gonna meet aliens pretty soon well, did you see just recently um, that a, like uh, Harvard's top space person, I don't want to say the wrong word, released a book. We had that big blunt object that passed by the earth in 2017 that didn't look like anything we had ever seen and it wasn't moving like any comment and it didn't behave normally. And so and everyone kind of just like played it off like, oh, it's just something we've never seen before. It's a big piece of a planet. But like Harvard's top scientists just released a book saying like, no, I think it's intelligent life and here's all the reasons why so I also have gone down a rev a space rabbit hole lately I'm <laughs> really resonating with this I'd love to hear more about uh, yeah, <laughs> what you're finding it's it's one of those things where like I think I've been obsessed with it for years like I, I had an ex-boyfriend who was like really into like space conspiracy and he was talking about planet x and Nibiru and like really going down that path and I recently try to look YouTube but they've actually scrubbed a lot of it so um yeah I don't know I just I find it really fascinating and I love the gray matter it's why I fell in love with SEO in the first place because there's no definites it's just testing and learning so yeah space is pretty awesome 
I love that. I love, I love that. that so much. I had a dream recently where a gray alien like put a space up against my window and I was like, what's up, bro? But I mean, we could definitely talk about that outside of the podcast. <laughs> it's fucking ri- My dreams are fucking ridiculous. Um, okay. So tell our listeners where they can find and connect with you. Yeah, you're going to laugh because I'm going to tell you to find me on Instagram. No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can do. You can find me on Instagram. I'm usually in my DMs or stories. Uh, You can get me at pre-Korean. I'm I'm not going to try and like actually spell it out for you because that's going to be long. Um, You can also head to my website as well, pre-Korean.com. Check out my about page. Get in touch. I have a free community you can join, which is pretty cool. Um, and yeah, just find me on one of those two platforms and just let me know what you think of this. And if you want to talk about aliens or human design or like food, traveling, any of the cool fun stuff mentioned in this episode, just give me a shout. Perfect. So yeah, don't worry about trying to spell her domain name. We will go ahead and add the link to that in the show notes to make it super easy for you guys. But yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, definitely feel free to share it with somebody that you think would love it. Take a screenshot, share it on social media, tag us. Pre and Shay might not like reshare your tags because they might not be on Instagram, but I probably will. So let me reshare it. And uh, slide into our DMs with any questions, feedback, whatever you're feeling. We really love connecting with you guys. And as always, thank you so much for listening and for your continued support. Consider subscribing to this podcast or leaving us a five-star review so we can all can so we can all continue to grow together. And until next time, remember that you have the power to create whatever the fuck you want. Follow the nudge, ask questions, and let curiosity guide the way. We'll see you in the next episode.